Hey listeners, did you know that Yogi Triathlete offers endurance coaching for body and mind? We offer personalized training plans for endurance sports, wellness and mindset, nutrition and recovery guidance, and race preparation and strategy, all within the supportive community of Team Yogi Triathlete. So if you're ready to conquer your fitness goals and push your limits, our endurance coaches are ready to guide you on the journey to peak performance. Go to yogitriathlete.com today to set up your free 30-minute discovery call and embrace a future of strength, stamina, and achievement. Your goals, our experience, the perfect match for unstoppable success. I believe in the universe and stuff like this. Uh, Maybe you think I'm crazy, but um, I think if you think positive, positivity will come. If you think negative, negativity will come. After splitting up with my boyfriend um, in the corona time, I was just thinking so negatively. And this shit was raining down. I tell you guys, it was raining down. And then I knew once I started turning my mind to a positive thinking again, everything was fine. The sun was shining all day long. And yeah, that's my mentality. I'm not a negative person at all. I'm just living myself and this is the best thing to do. Welcome to the Yogi Triathlete Podcast. We are your hosts, Jess and BJ, and today we are sitting down with professional triathlete and flight attendant, Svenja Toes. Svenja flies for Condor Airlines, and I mention this because they are a big part of how she discovered triathlon. And I'm hoping I'm getting this story right, but from my research, it seems as though after winning a contest at work, she was given an entry to Ironman 70.3 Mallorca. And at the time, she didn't swim, she didn't bike, and she sometimes ran with her dog. But when Race day showed up, so did Svenja. Claiming second in her age group that day, she qualified for the 70.3 World Championship that year where she went on to win her age group. She fell in love with the sport and over a decade later, she sits here just coming off her first time racing as a professional on the big island. After hearing her interview on Breakfast with Bob, BJ and I loved her energy and knew we wanted to invite her onto the show. Svenja placed 14th pro this past Saturday, which is actually just one place higher than she placed the first time she raced Kona when she was an age grouper. And so, yeah, she finished 15th overall within a sea of professionals as an age grouper. So needless to say, this girl was meant for triathlon and we're so grateful to dive in with her today. Svenja Toes, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks so much um, that you invited me. I'm Yeah, it's a huge pleasure to join the show. <laughs> and did I get that story right? 100%. I can't add anything. Oh my God. So wild. It's so, it, to me, it's just so crazy. Somebody that didn't swim, didn't bike and sometimes ran. Um, it was like, it was just, the sport was just waiting for you. It's actually like, it's super, it's super weird that I actually found something sportive that I like. Um, as I was just, my mother tried everything. Um, she's really sportive. And she is also the reason why I actually um, competed in the 70.3 Mallorca. Just, I really wanted to show that I can continue, yeah, like not continue um, training, but um, finishing an Ironman 70.3 just to make her proud that I'm not the the lazy party girl that I was always, that that I've I've always been before. Um, Yeah, so I was just super lazy. I didn't even 
walk half a half a mile because it was too far for me. I I just took the bus for that. So I I was just super super lazy. Even um, cycling um, to school was like too much for me. Like for the, I don't know, like the 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 way to school, like to elementary school, was like three miles, and I I took the bus because I didn't want to cycle. It was too exhausting. Yeah, and this changed definitely my life when I came in second in the 70 Mathie Mallorca through actually my employee who did this lottery. Um, and then I discovered, well, that's so easy. Like, and it's so much fun. Of course, being a professional is not easy anymore. And um, even racing Ironmans as in, the, in, the, in the age group and winning the age group is not easy, definitely not. But it was not just my feeling at the beginning. It's It's not hard. Um, to finish uh, a race, and I fell in love with it one hundred percent, like you said. Is there a, is there a similarity? Do you have the excitement that you had there in Mallorca? Do you fast forward ten years, eleven years? Now you just finished Kona. Like, what was is the excitement pretty comparable? Is it still alive? Are you like craving this feel of racing and pushing? Um, yeah, actually, when I turned pro in 2000, well, I, I took the, li- the pro license at the end of 2017 and did two races and podiumed actually two times already um, in my first half year of it. Um, yeah, and then my real professional year was, I would say, 2018. Well, I'm still not a real professional as I'm still working, but let's say um, I did part-time. I, I'm still flying part-time and... In 2018, I started doing that. So I'm saying like, well, that that's when I really started concentrating on the sport more. Um, a lot of things change. Like it's, it's a joke uh, that people say the athletes are friends. It's definitely not. Like when I, 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 I was used to it from being an age group where everybody was okay with the other, well, maybe 5% not, but let's say 95%. Um, of the athletes in the age group field um, are quite cool to each other and laugh together and uh, yeah making fun and in the professional field it's different like yeah we we need to be in front of the other to make our living to make a living out of it and I really needed to get used to it and it took me like three to four maybe five years that I understood really you can't be friends with everybody mm. the uh, the enthusiasm is still there more or less let's say like let's say that it i mean um as i work part-time for uh, as a flight attendant i definitely need to have a good season and try alone um that i can survive and you have a, you have a different pressure um when when you need to perform and sometimes i'm just thinking like oh i, I don't know how long i i want to do that anymore because i <laughs> I can earn so much more money with another job, um, but it's just so nice. It's just, uh, I always remember myself, Sonia, you need to be super, super happy that you are able to do that. Um, so many girls want to be professionals, but maybe their body is not yeah, making what they want and um, not performing as good as um, they would need to. And yeah, and then I'm always remembering myself like, Wow, I started so late and I can compete with the really big fish. So I should just continue. 
<laughs> well, take us take us back to that that race. Is that the race in Mallorca that you won? At, you won your age group. Is that the one where Michael Lovato said that you're really you're really good at this? You should you should turn pro. Or when did that? Oh, happen? that was actually um, my first Ironman race. Was the Ironman Mallorca? It was the last edition sponsored from my company after this year in 2015. Um, they dropped out and another sponsor came or I don't, I don't even know. Maybe they stopped the Ironman Mallorca for a couple of years. I, I don't remember. So I had an, again, the slot and uh, no, not the slot. I had again, the, the, the starting place as an age grouper and hotel and flight. And then I competed and I, it, I, at that point I, I never rode my bike long, longer then uh, 150, no, not even 130 kilometers. And I mean, the, the distance is 180. So I, I had no idea if I can make it. Um, and at that point I was never, never running more than 23 K. So half of the marathon, I was a little bit more than half of the marathon. I was, I knew how it feels like, but there was a huge, um, yeah, like, um, how's it called? Like unknown window that I was, um, going through at this Ironman. And, uh, I, I was super bored actually at the run. Uh, but I finished uh, seventh or eighth in the professional field and like half an hour before the second woman in my age group. And I qualified for the Ironman world championship the year after. And I had like, 11 months um, to prepare for for the I'm in Hawaii, but I didn't want to go because the the slot is so expensive. And I, mm-hmm. <laughs> my friend was also from Condor Airlines. She did compete as well, and she told me, "Sweeney, you need to take the slot. Maybe you will never go again. Maybe you will never make make it to yeah to to get the slot. Maybe you're not good enough at the next race and whatever." And then I was saying like, well, Simone, you know, it's so much money and I, I don't, I don't have that right now. And then she would just t- told me like, well, I, I give it to you. You can pay it back whenever you, you have it. And then I was saying like, oh, okay, man, I, I, I take the slot and I bought it. And then I went to the world championship one year after horrible preparation, lots of chin splints, um, actually still, still having that. Like it came three weeks before Hawaii now. <laughs> back um and yeah i was just aqua jogging and uh, didn't have a long run and i i had no expectations at all for the world championship 2016 and yeah i just did my thing um did my own swim did my own bike did my own run and then i (laughs) finished 15th in the professional field um and i think 19 and a half minutes before the second age group woman overall and then Michael told me, okay, Svenja, now you're 70.3 world champion. You're Ironman world champion. You need to turn pro now. It's time. And I was like struggling. I didn't know. But yeah, four months later, I actually applied for the pro license and got it. So before that, before Michael said anything, did you, was it even in your awareness to, that there was a professional opportunity in this sport? Never, never, never. No, actually, I wanted to stop after 2016 Hawaii. 
I love that. Like you have this intention, like, okay, I'm done. I just want to do this. This is great. My friend, let me borrow money. Oh, oh, cool. And then this opportunity walks in your life or I shouldn't say, yeah, I guess opportunity, but the seeds are planted and it's like, you could really be good at this. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That, that I, I didn't know, like I would have never imagined that what just happened, like Saturday, um, come, I mean, my aim was of course top 10, um, but if you see the times and if you see the density of the uh, the female athletes, I can be really proud. I can be really proud. And I mean, who was behind me? They are like, they are really great athletes in there. So I don't, I don't need to be embarrassed at all. Oh my gosh. No, it, your performance was amazing. And looking back on that conversation that you had with Bob Babbitt that day, you had talked about what your goals were for the race. And I wrote them down. Um, th- these are just the ones that you said during that conversation that you wanted to swim under one hour, that you wanted to get into a good group on, you know, on the bike, like at least until hubby. And then on the run, no walking breaks. Um, this one's a big ask, I think. No stomach issues. And there was one more goal that you wanted to have a tiny bit of fun as well. So how how did you do with these goals that you had? Oh, I love it that you wrote that down because I didn't remember actually. Um, <laughs> the first one, I can take it. I had a good swim. I was under one hour. I was super happy with it. Um, then, yeah, actually when I came in the T1, I calmed myself down and told myself, okay, now I stay in the group, stick in the group and everything will be good. That was the plan. But I had, I had another plan, like a, like, my bike strategy was after four minutes in a certain wattage, I stopped going at that high intensity. Um, and that was definitely not a good thing. I should have continued because they were going for like maybe five minutes at that intensity. And then they got slower. And I, I think I was like 200 meters behind and I, I noticed, Oh, now the distance keeps the same. And it's not growing anymore. But at that point, I couldn't follow. Because if if there's a group and you're alone, you can't follow the, the group. And it was a huge group. It was like 10 athletes or whatever. So they were working together. And <laughs> I was just trying to, to fight, fight it back. But I just couldn't. And then I was... At one point, I gave up um, on this group. And <laughs> it was such a lonely ride. Um, yeah, so I can't take the second point. Um I was completely on my own, um, lost nutrition after Harvey. It was a disaster actually. Um, not just, not just physically, but also uh, mentally. <laughs> um, yeah. Then on the run, I was really worried about the walking breaks as I had, as I have, I don't know what happened at that day as I have the chin splint again. Um, but I was so worried about my about my lost nutrition on the bike that I will fall into a big big hole. Um, what actually happened on the bike um, when I had no when I had no nutrition left and I was just aiming for the next age station where I stopped and took um, two Red Bulls, Coke, um, Morton bars, what I uh, Morton gels, what I've never tried before. Like it was just such a big risk, and that was in my head, like. When you start running, you need to continue eating sweet stuff 
Otherwise, the insulin pay, um, peak will like go down and then you fall in an even a bigger hole. So I was just so like, take Coke every single station and continue like eating and whatever. So I forgot uh, about the chin spins and the walking breaks. I mean, <laughs> I didn't walk because of pain. I didn't walk because um, I needed to, to grab my Coke. So let's say half a tick for that. <laughs> But it was not because of like slow. It, it didn't slow me down that much. So there was that. Um, what else did you say? Like, what was the... I, okay, so we have, right now we have the three goals and we have one and a half ticks. Um, so we're 50-50. So the last one is the well, defining, deciding Also one. stomach issues. So did you have any stomach issues? No stomach issues, nothing. That was, that was a wonder. Definitely. Okay. It was. All right. So All that's right, a well, good, that's... we might want to take that up a full tick then. <laughs> 100%. That think? is a full day. Yeah. Maybe and you day. also had the fifth fastest run. Yeah. 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 I, okay. So, I, all right. I did walks at the eight stations to have my Cokes. It's, it's yeah. weird. Like, really cool. So, yeah. yeah. So, on a major Coke high, you um, <laughs> now we've got two ticks out of three goals. And then there's one more goal, which was to have a tiny bit of fun. Oh, yeah. Really cool. Like, in the swim, I didn't have fun at all. I was fighting hard. <laughs> On the bike, I was just asking myself, like, Svenja, I think it was not a good idea to spend all the money to come to Kona. You go back with a big, 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 big minus. Um, you embarrass yourself, and it's just a shit performance what you're doing here right now. But when I started running, actually, um, going up the last hill on the highway, and then you go down Palani, and I actually passed a girl that pushed me down in in the swim. And she was like the person I really wanted to catch. That was super important for me. When I catched her, like at that moment, I I really had a, a lot of fun. Like a lot of like, <laughs> yes, got it. <laughs> I love the fun part of it, but I also love like this this battle of the mind that's going on on the bike where you're... This, this, you have the goal and you really want to stick with the group, but your, your anguish and, and, and the thoughts are coming in saying, hold back a little bit. Like this is a little bit much. You're not going to be able to hold it. And it's also the ego is in there saying like, you should be better. Like you shouldn't, you can't be, you're a professional and you spent this money to be here. Like you, you gotta be better. But there's also the loving side of you that says, are you giving your best right now? Are you, are you giving your best? Can you pull yourself out of this story that isn't helping and can you just concentrate on what you can do, get fuel in, get, get calories in and set yourself up for a run? So how do you think you navigated that, that battle of the mind? Cause it sounds like it was a battle of the mind more so than the physical out there on the bike. Yeah. Like it's what it, it was mentally super, super tough. Um, but my friend, um, Marcus actually, he waited in Harvey and that was really, really, really great that he did that. Um, because it was just like, I was just thinking, just go to Harvey and there's Marcos and everything will be fine. So I was just continuing to see him and not disappoint him that he did like all the way going there and see me to support me. And then when I saw him there and he, it was so funny because he was, um, standing in f between the aid station and, um, special needs, um, that I can throw my bottle and he can actually take it because it's super expensive. It's like $55. And I mean, 
if he wouldn't have been there, I would have just thrown it away. But in this case, he could um, pick it up in a trash zone, um, which, which was really cool. And when I passed him, he was like, um, yeah, throw it now, throw it now. And it made me so far. Like, I needed to laugh, like, so hard um, that, <laughs> that he was, like, really trying to get this freaking stupid bottle. Um, yeah, it made me, like, super happy. And, um, yeah, actually turn everything around again um for a bit until i yeah i lost my nutrition at i don't know like 20k behind harvey and yeah i i always filling up my system and then i take my um liquid nutrition but um after filling it up and then i wanted to take the nutrition um it was not there anymore so i didn't have nutrition for 30ks um like it was for 50 minutes, I didn't have anything to eat and uh, my heart rate dropped crazily. I couldn't push the pedal anymore. Like there was no wattage anymore, no power. And I was already like giving up um, again and just wanted to con like wanted to finish the, the bike part. And then uh, the point came that the aid station, like it actually, then I saw the aid station coming. It was just an angel coming down from the universe and yeah i stopped there and ate everything what what was there and like it took me i don't know five to ten minutes and energy came back and actually that gave me and mentally again such a big push um just being happy that i could move forward again so yeah that's the lot like that's the cool thing in a in a long distance race that you have so many different feelings and um bouncing bouncing back as possible for sure. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that part of the like addiction to it? Like where it's hard to say this was the last one. Yeah. It's actually, isn't it like every second Ironman that you, you, you are saying, okay, that's enough. I stop now. <laughs> and this race, it was probably one of the toughest one for my body. Um, maybe also for my mind, but for my body, definitely, because I'm still like, not good. Like, let's say like that, like my legs are still smashed. Um, so it was really, really hard on my body, this race. And I think this is like so impressive. What, how the mind can push the body to a limit that is so way over, um, you would do in a normal training. Mm. what do you attribute that to what do you attribute your your mindset to is it is it something you've always had and you're just like i know i'm going to get through this well actually it's not something because you didn't want to you didn't want to run you wanted you'd rather take the bus than than run but what is it about can you pinpoint anything in your mindset that just says i know i can be better i know i can push out the the pain of the of the shin splints like i don't i can push that or shelf that for now is there anything that you can tangibly connect to that that gives you that mindset or belief or trust in yourself um actually i, I have a really little self-trust <laughs> and i really um i'm really loving when i perform and i see actually i can do more than i think and it gives me like just a little little bit of more self-trust and so i'm stepping forward every single uh, yeah single time until i falling back into a hole again um because in a training session is not working or whatever but um, i'm always aiming 
to show myself that I'm better than I think. And I think this is my biggest motivation. Yeah, that sounds like it's um, like your hard. I know you were lazy at the beginning of your life, but this part of you, <laughs> this part of you was lying dormant. It was just waiting. And it's not, I don't think it's ever really going to be easy, but do yeah. you feel over these years, even though you're having the challenges, even though this Kona might've been the toughest one mentally and physically for you, do you feel like you're getting better at moving through it? This one was a really, really, really important race for me. Um, show me again that there's still the chance um, to have a good race, even if you feel like shit. <laughs> so I, I, I can't really remember when I felt that bad and struggled that hard. Um, so this is a big, big step in a really, really good direction. And I'm super happy that I was completely alone on the bike. And I know, well, if that happens, that's fine. That's good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You use these experiences, these lows as, you know, as fuel to keep going. And it's so important. To ha I, I think it's so important to have those little like, okay, just get to hubby. Okay. Now just, okay. I have no nutrition. All right. Get to the next aid station. Okay. And then in these little wins all along the way that, that keep you going, because if you got out onto the queen K lost that group and said, screw it, I'm done. Yeah. You know, you'd be dealing with a whole other situation, I think in your mind, but these little wins are, it's incredible. And I think that with Ironman, especially, I mean, any kind of ultra distance event, I, you know, even think about like hundred mile races or hundred okay. K running races, it's, you know, you're going to, everybody is having those highs and lows. And so the girls in front of you are having them, the girls behind you are the ones that you're passing, the ones that passed you, like we're all having them. Um, but every time we just stay the course, you get like another tick on that list of like, oh my gosh, I can't believe what I can do you know, in hindsight. Yeah. 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 But the funny, like you say, everybody has it. But the funny thing is like, I'm thinking it's only me. It's only me. Like <laughs> everybody looks so great. And I'm just like, oh my God, like they go, they look so good. And I'm just struggling so hard, but it's not like you're 100% sure. And probably I should start reminding myself that we are all in the same thing. <laughs> Yes. That is so tricky mm -hmm. is when you're out, you know, like on the run and you've got all these miles under your belt and you look at everyone and you can't feel what they're feeling. All you can feel is what you're feeling and your body is screaming at you. It's helpful to remember, like they're probably feeling something very similar in most cases, maybe worse. Yeah. 100%. That's so, that's so true. Yeah. So, um, okay. What was the plan? going into Kona, like we, obviously like we have a plan and then things just happen. But what was the, what was the plan going in with you and your coach? Um, yeah, the plan was a top 10. Um, but my coach was also saying to me, Svenja, there will be ill, there will be injuries. There will be people dropping out. Um, there will be a crash, but nothing of that happened. <laughs> All the athletes, just went through no injuries like all the, the the big ones were there um nobody 
didn't appear in the morning. They were all there. Um, there was no um, mechanical. Everybody went through. And I was like, it's not going to plan at all here. And when I actually, um, my mom came, like I, I traveled alone to Kona, felt little alone. I really need to say that. And looking right and left and then seeing all the professionals were like at least two um, supporters on their side. I was just like, oh, I know you're so an age grouper in a professional skin. Um, but I don't know. So my mom came and she told me, um, when I came with the bike to the T2, Svenja, you're on, on position 29. And I was like, holy shit, it's not good what I'm doing here. And yeah. And then I just told myself, you need to risk something right now. Um, just yeah. Take every, yeah. Everything you can, you can get at the A station that the sugar level stays up. Um, and yeah, I was, I was in a big deficit for sure. Like my calories were not good and I could feel, um, that I had this gap in the, on the bike part. Um, and I, I really risk it a lot. Um, especially like the last half of the marathon, um, when my friend Marcus, who was in Harvey waiting at energy lab, told me, um, there are freaking a lot of girls in you, uh, in front of you and they are not looking great. And then I was like, okay, I'm risking something now. Fuck off. <laughs> so yeah, the plan was top 10. I couldn't achieve that. Um, but I mean, no illness, no injury, no mechanical of anyone. So I can be really proud. And even, uh, coach Michael Harvey, um, called me after the race, uh, what made me really proud, uh, because he was up until 3.30 AM, um, uh, waiting for my call and, he told me, Svenja, I am so proud you executed this race crazily good and never gave up. And I'm, I'm just super happy what you did. So yeah, I, I like my thinking after the race, oh shit, I didn't make it turned into a, like, oh cool. He's happy. So I was happy too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What a day. And I think when you get down in your calories, I think that's a lot of, uh, mind stuff too, because the mind needs calories. Otherwise it's going to default to what's comfortable, which is giving up, which is stopping, which is not pushing, but it was so important to get those calories in and then be willing to risk it, which means that you were, you made a decisive decision. You were willing to fail. You were willing to blow up. Yep. Do you, do you feel that? Like you were just like, I don't care what happens. I'm just going to run and catch as many ladies as I can. Yeah, exactly. I, I knew, um, there's a big, there's, it's a 50, 50 chance, chance mm -hmm. that I finished a marathon in four hours. Even if I'm heading to a three hour marathon, if there's a, if there's stuff happening right now and I'm walking the, la the last half of it, there's a possibility to just finish in four hours. Um, but I was just saying to myself, I don't want to go out of here in, in, with a top 20 position. I don't, I need to run into the prize money um, because I spent it so much money and I, I can't afford to go home with zero money. I, I just can't afford it. And now at least I have a third paid for my travel. Um, that's, that's definitely better than zero. So were you, were you counting the girls that you were passing? Cause it, you were, I'm looking at your, your time. So you were, so let's just give everyone what your times were. So on the swim, you were, uh, 25th. Yep. 
25th pro on the swim. Um, you did, um, 56, 51. So we know you hit that goal. And then the bike was, um, yeah, 30th, right? Mm -hmm. 30th off the bike. And then to fifth, fifth fastest run. So to 14th position. So you passed 16 girls, um, all wanting to have a payday. Were you counting at all? Like just trying to get into that top 20 or yeah, I'll ask you that question to start. Um, actually I had no idea what position I had until, where was it? Um, when you see the, the, the traffic lights going back to town, it's like, it's not the, the airport traffic lights, but when they're, when they're getting more frequently there kind of, I think it's when I, when you pass this Harbor on the right side there, it starts like, it gets a little busy. And there was my mom standing and she told me, you know, you are 18th and there are four girls in front. Um, no, three girls in front. Um, you should push right now. <laughs> and then, and then I just ran like, like, uh, yeah, like I could, it was not fast, but it felt fast. Um, yeah. And that, that's probably also why I'm so destroyed because I, I didn't put no, the good, I put, I didn't put good nutrition in anymore. I was just, I was just shuffling to the finish line, really trying to pass, uh, the last, um, yeah, four girls to be in fourth. 14th position as I knew, um, I, I definitely need to be, um, yeah, at least 15th. Um, but I could see that I can make it to 14th and then, yeah, I, I was just super scared running down Palani and I really thought it's it, super stupid because normally, um, if they're, if they are running, they can't respond anymore. But I was thinking they are just sitting in my bag the whole time, um, for the last four Ks, like, Oh, and I was just r running scared. And actually, I I opened the gap the last two Ks. Um, like going down Palani, I made 45 seconds to the 15th position. And like, that's, that's like a lot for the last two K. Like, yeah. <laughs> Do you ever wonder like, how did I find that? How did I find that? I have no calories. How am I finding that adrenaline or desire? Yeah, hey, I know. I was just like... I told myself, you know, like you need to make to finish to the finish line and you get like as many cokes as you want, but just make it to the finish line. And I could actually feel like my legs getting really jelly. Um, when I was on the, on the flat part, when you see this really wonderful tree and the church and I was like, Oh, now it's getting not good. <laughs> then I just, yeah, went over the, the finish line and I was just like, Oh my gosh, I, I may, I did it. Like I just did my hands like here on my head. Um, and then there was Andrew Messick. I could, I could see him, but only, yeah, I, with one eye and then the two help, um, helping Peter volunteers came to help me and I, like took me on my arms and actually like broke, like broke down <laughs> because my, not because I was, um, so super tired mentally, but my body was just so out of sugar and I, my legs were completely smashed as they were so in a deficit. I've never experienced that before. And I think that's why I'm so smashed still um, because I was running on a really, really low gas <laughs> or flame, <laughs> however you want to call it. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, you, I think, yeah, you ran a 301. So, you know, put some calories in there, put some little less walks like that. You're right there with everybody else. You're right there with the top three. Yeah, it was, it was really impressive. And I'm super proud that I was running as fast as Daniela. Uh, she's a big hero and can't believe it. I really can't believe it how that, that, that worked, but it was definitely the fear of embarrassing myself coming to Kona, spending so much money and having, having such a bad position. So maybe if I would have been, would have been 20th, um, I wouldn't have risked that much. I, I have no idea, mm. but I had absolutely nothing to lose. That's why I did that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, isn't that, isn't that, can't we always lean into that? Like, you know, this is, this is something you get to do. Like, what what are you losing? All you have is to gain. Whether that's you know gaining lessons from a heart from you know a, a tough race or uh, you know getting a great cash prize at the end. Um, we don't really have any. We don't we don't have anything that we're holding to lose. So, and I think you have to risk it to to. If you didn't risk it, you could have easily been in no money. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, 100%. Oh yeah. yeah. You have to risk it. Um, you know, and again, yeah. we can all look at Lucy uh, and and Annie, you know, and watching them run just so beautifully. It didn't look like they had, you know, especially Annie Haug, like doesn't even look like she she just looks like this well-oiled insane machine that just can run. But um but they're risking it. Yeah. They've got to risk it. They don't, they, nobody knows anything for sure. Mm-hmm. You have to risk it. And then the rest is either going to align or, you know, you're going to learn either way. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That was my lesson. Like, I had so many lessons learned at that race. And I'm so happy I spent all that money to go um, and spent all my energy on the run to see how far I can go. Um, yeah, it, it was just super, super cool. Yeah. So you're there with all these professionals and are there any ones that you look up to? Like the ones that you're like, you mentioned Daniela, but is there ones that you're just, were like super stoked to maybe meet or have a conversation with or engage with? Um, I was training at the Olympia, stadium i don't know how that's called in english um in saarbrücken where annie is training as well um and i met her right at the beginning when i started and i was still at this little age grouper and i saw her in the changing room and um yeah ask her for autograph (laughs) um yeah and ask her what she's training and how what i can yeah do better to perform better and she was telling me like some little things um in the past, um, yeah, and I'm looking up uh, to her since since then. Like it's yeah, pretty much eleven years. Wow. What's a what's a piece of advice that you've that you've taken away either from that conversation with Annie or your coach or or somebody along the line that's really really been something that has allowed you to to keep going to the next level. Um. <laughs> Yeah, like Annie is a really, really special person. She's living the sport. She she does everything for it. Um, on the other side, I can't do that. Like I need to meet my friends. I need to hang out with my parents. I need to 
bake a cake. I, I need to walk the dog and stuff. I could never live a life like her. But I think this is so impressive um, that she has this little room in Lanzarote or in Saarbrücken um, and she's totally fine. Like she could, she could live in just a great apartment, just she, but she doesn't want. She 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 wants it simple. She wants to do her sport and want to go have, go to bed and eat her food. Like I think this is so impressive. It's not my life. I could never do that because I would like maybe after half a year I would just drop the sport. Like it's not <laughs> it's not the way of having fun in my eyes. Um, and yeah, maybe so, I'm too much age grouper still. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so perhaps. Um, by watching others such as Annie, you've learned what, what works for you. Yeah. Like I learned that you really need to have a plan. You really need to stick to your plan. That's what I definitely learned. Mm. Do you think that you will ever, because I know you're, you're working part-time at the, at Condor. Do you think there's ever a time where you will, where you will risk it? And maybe go all, all into professionalism or no? What, what do you feel? Um, that's definitely my goal. Um, I just had a call before with a friend and um, I asked him if he could like try to help me to find sponsors that I can live from the sport. Um, and I don't know if he finds some. I, I don't know how that works as I don't have a manager. I, I'm just on my own. Um, yeah, so he will like figure something out and write this contract, um, how that works. Like, I think if, if the person finds a partner, it's like a certain percentage they get from the amount that I would usually get if I would go directly to this person, but it's, that's fine. I mean, I, I tried hard to find someone, but it's, I don't know why the company doesn't want the person to come and ask. They, they want someone to promote the athlete. I have no idea why, but I heard that from so many corners right now from other athletes um, that actually told me like, yeah, you can't do that by your own because it does, just looks so unprofessional. Yeah. So I need help now. <laughs> hey, so is that a, yeah, is that a barrier to, I mean, would you see that as a barrier to growing, uh, growing professionals in the sport that they need to go through this pathway of, well, we need to get a manager because the manager is the one who talks to the the companies, but that just adds another level. Like, can I just do it myself? Like I'm the, I'm the brand, like talking about you, like you're the, you are, you're the brand that's going to match with a new brand. And isn't your voice the one that should be clearly expressed to those potential companies? So do you think it's like a barrier to more people getting into that professional, professional realm and making it a living? I think so. Like there are not much people that can promote themselves really well. And even a Jan Frodeno has a manager and I think he is like one of the best promoters for himself, but he, he's not doing it by himself as, as well, because I, I just think, um, companies want someone, um, in between. I don't know. Yeah. I would think that they want somebody that they can, um, I think it's, it's almost like they need to keep a little bit of distance from the athlete. Mm -hmm. Right. So like you show up, um, you know, we, we, we saw you on Bob for seven minutes and we were like, Oh, I love her energy. Like, let's get her on the show. She seems so great. Like, you know what I mean? Like, uh, we were already attached to you as a person. We were like, we like her, we like her vibe and, and perhaps having that middleman 
really levels the playing field and things can be negotiated, you know, on your behalf that may be more difficult if it was going, you know, right to you. So I can see it's almost, it's like book publishing, right? Like Mm -hmm. no publisher, you can't, an author can't go to a a publishing house. You have to have an agent. Only agents can go to the publishing house. So it's, it's kind of, um, but I can see that also from just like a, a humankind, right? Like some athletes are going to be more likable than other athletes, right? Somebody with energy like you would be like, yeah, let's bring her in, give her a lifetime contract. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, and maybe somebody's, I don't know, maybe they're a little more grumpy, but like they perform better. It's like, well, we're just going to give her six months. So I can see that you would need that level of of professionalism for that, but that's exciting. And and that's what you have to do. Like all of us, right? Like as entrepreneurs, like I didn't know how to run a podcast. I, I didn't know, I didn't even know how to plug this mic in. I had to watch a YouTube video. Like we, we all start from that place where we don't know. Mm-hmm. And the difference between you and somebody who's, you know, still as an age grouper is like, they never made that jump because they didn't know. And, and you did right. it anyway. So I, I want to go back to your mom. Um, so your mom, who was always trying to encourage you to be a little bit more sporty, now has a professional triathlete on her hands. Um, what does she think about your your shift in life? Um, sometimes, I mean, she's coming to every second race, um, not because she always wants. It's always because I tell her, you know, why I'm doing it. I'm because... I'm doing this because of you, so please come support myself. Um, but I think she's super, super proud, even if she's, yeah, a little upset sometimes uh, with myself, um, trying to explain her that I'm the number one um, if there's a race. Uh, it's not a vacation, um, but she's getting it more and more and understands more and more um, yeah, how, how the whole thing works. Um, so when she came to Hawaii, um, I, I actually invited her with the flight and, um, paid most of the apartments price, um, and told her, you know, like I'm always, I'm, I'm taking all the fees, um, but please let me be the number one and please support me as good as you can, because this, um, world championship is super, super important for myself. And then I told her, you need to massage my, my legs and, um, we need to get it moving again because it's super important that I can run in this marathon. And she was like, Oh, do I really need to do that? And I was like, yes, you need to do that. We as a team want to perform good. And now I told her, thanks mom. Um, you saw like I was running so well. It's also because you helped me. And I think this makes her quite proud. Yeah. <laughs> I think you definitely need an agent. Yeah. So your agent can be like, all right, mom, you got to you <laughs> massage your, your job, feet <laughs> and you got to massage your legs. Yeah. Um, <laughs> other people in your corner, Michael Davey, um, your coach. Michael um, Harvey. Right? Michael Harvey, Harvey. sorry. Um, paint a picture of us of how this relationship works because um, it looks like you're physically there under his guidance, uh, training, it's not like a virtual experience. Um, so what is training like, what's the relationship like, and, and, and what are you looking to get out of this, uh, coach athlete relationship? Yeah, he's a really, really great person. Um, and it, it's just also a little bit like a friendship kind of, um, he understands myself. He, he's able, um, yeah, to put himself into my body and, 
try to tries to understand what I'm thinking and what I'm feeling. Um, and he's really good in that. Actually, like three weeks before the race, when I couldn't run anymore, um, he gave me so much energy telling me, you know, we did all these hard sessions. Your body knows how to run. Uh, you worked so hard. Um, I came up um, to your to your place. So he's living like three hours away. So he came up, came up at the weekends, um, every single or every third weekend, um, to, to check how I'm doing, um, to, to do the key sessions with myself. And, um, yeah, that saying that he did that because he is believing in myself gives me so much, um, yeah, gives it, he, it gives me so much back. And I, I really hope, um, that I made him happy as well, um, uh, because he's a really good, good person. What is, um, you mentioned some key sessions, like, uh, can you share with us maybe uh, one or two key sessions that you love something that you're just, cause I know you probably, oh, what I love. Some, yeah. What do you love? What do you love? Not that you have to do, but which ones do you love? Um, <laughs> uh, I really love the, the sessions when he's swimming with myself, he's an expert and um, he's an ex swimmer. Um, maybe he's an ex professional swimmer. I, I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> Yeah. He's really good. I'm sorry, Michael. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> and yeah, I really love, I love these sessions. Um, it gives me such a boost uh, that my coach can keep up with myself uh, in the water. Um, this is a favorite one. Um, we are swimming with the pedal pool boys most of the times then. And um, yeah, keeping certain times. Um, that's really, really fun. Um, what I also really like is... Um, yeah, he's he he drives up the hill and I run up the hill and then he takes the car going down and then we discuss how the how the run was and um, how it looked and what I can improve and stuff like that. It's so much fun because we have so much time to talk. Um, yeah, this is a really cool session and what else is a cool one? Um, oh yeah, the run, the out and back run, um, and, and we run. Yeah, just slightly up the, the valley and then we turn there and Michael has my nutrition uh, with himself and um, the border. And then, yeah, we just run back, um, but at a race pace kind of um, pace. Yeah, that's that's and that's the third session I really love uh, where he joined me. And uh, yeah, it's so much fun. So you, you grew up in, did you grow up in Germany, but now you live in Switzerland? Is that correct? Yeah, actually, when I was 17, um, I went to Montreal, Canada for two years, working there as a skiing instructor and um, working in, in the college where I studied. Um, had a, I had a, I don't know, student job there to just make money and make a living there. Um, and then when I came back, I was still in Germany for half a year, um, but I didn't like it anymore. And I wanted to, yeah, go, go out of Germany kind of. Um, but it took me a while, um, until I actually moved to Luxembourg. Um, and from Luxembourg, I moved to, uh, yeah, it was a six six month break in Germany again, but then I moved to Switzerland, and since then I'm I'm gone. So I, and I don't want to go back uh, anymore. <laughs> <laughs> How long have you been in Switzerland? 
Um, since 2017. Oh, quite a while. Yeah. So you're yeah. settled. Yeah. Yeah. One hundred percent. But you're mo- you're moving into your winter now. It's getting colder. You were saying that before we we hit record. You're all bundled up. Um, <laughs> so how do you adjust your how do you adjust your training in the winter time? Do you do um do you do more stuff inside or do you still go out and hit it outside in the in the colder conditions? Um, actually, the longest I stay up in the mountains here is until the beginning of December, and then the snow is coming. And it's just, it gets really, really nasty and boring um, doing everything on the turbo and it gets really cold as well. Um, so you can't run outside anymore. Well, swimming is fine, of course, because it's indoors, but it gets really boring. So then most of the times I'm in, I'm one month, um, it's called Heinsberg. It's in Germany. Um, it's close to the city of called Cologne um, or Aachen or what else is there? Düsseldorf. Mm-hmm. that's that's this right region um and then i stay with my mom um yeah and the last two years i've been in crack and i for three months to just have a, the possibility to continue training what i am doing this year i have no idea <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Grand Canary, that must be wonderful there. So you go a little bit to Germany and then uh you've been going to the the sun again. Yeah, so you're going through a little bit of an adjustment, right? Coming from Kona, the sun, the turquoise water, um just the <clears throat> just the beautiful island that that uh that that race takes place on and now you're moving back into, you know, going into winter. How's the adjustment been this week? Uh, I was just, yeah, I'm super tired because of the jet lag. My body is upside down. Um, I wake up at 2 a.m. in the morning. Like this morning, I woke up at 2 a.m. Um, yeah, it, it, it doesn't really know uh, what's going on now. And the temperature is not making it easier for my body. <laughs> so I needed to put the, the heat on and... This dry heat um, is not as nice as the humidity in Kona. Um, so uh, my mind and body definitely m- are missing the climate um, because I'm just a heat lover. Mm. But it's it's all right. <laughs> <laughs> and what's the uh, what's the what's the plan forward? Do you have other races this year, or you're just settling into your recovery and kicking it back up uh, for 2024? Yeah, I am meeting um, a friend tomorrow and he has some ideas maybe for myself um, how everything could continue and how it could be better um, to perform better and to have a team behind because he's creating a team. That's his idea. But we are not sure if I'm fitting in there. So we need to discuss that. So once I had this talk um i probably sleep three or four nights about about his plan and whatever he is telling me and then i decide um if i call it uh, yeah if if i call it a season like if i end my season now or if i do maybe in another race um and then go into my off season i i have no idea yet um usually i've never stopped that early when i'm serious like if i'm serious um, but yeah, maybe this year I will and continue and, and start earlier. Who knows? 
So you won Ironman France last year in Nice. Um, and then the women's championship is moving there in 2024. What's, um, there's gotta be a confidence, uh, about already being on that course, knowing it really well or similar course. I think it's pretty similar. Um, does that excite you to get back to world championships next year? 100% actually. Like I was so in struggle with Kona right now because my bike position is not good. I have uh, quite a lot of pain in my, on my seat. So I don't know. The seat position is not good. The saddle is not good. I don't know. It'll be come here. Like I said, like I have nobody who can really help me. So I, I have to settle soreness. And after yeah, 50 Ks, I'm like moving back and forth. It's, it's just not good. And I knew that I'm not prepared perfectly, um, for Kona and my, <laughs> and my, I was just, when I went to Kona, I was just saying, you know, like just do that. And then there's the niece. What is the big goal? So to answer your question, I'm super excited. And um, I really need um, a, a bike partner or at least someone who can help me with the bike um, that this gets better. But I mean, I have a couple of months left. So that gives me confidence that I'm ready until race day. Um, and yeah, confident uh, that I can have a good day. All right. So we need, you need an agent, you a bike, need, a bike you need way more supporters than your mom. Uh, <laughs> seat sponsor. Yeah. We definitely need to get your position squared away on the bike, but do you hold these visions for the future? Have yeah. you held a vision of like having all of the support you need? Um, you mean like, if I'm okay with, I don't, if I don't have it or if I have no meaning manifesting, are, bringing yeah. it into your aware, like I, I'm bringing these people in, they're going to come eventually. Yes. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I believe in that. Like I believe in, in, in the universe and stuff like this. Uh, maybe you think I'm crazy, but, um, I think if you, <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> but yeah, I think if you think positive, positivity will come. If you think negative, negativity will come. And that actually really happened um, after splitting up with my boyfriend, um, in the Corona time, I was just thinking so negatively and this shit was raining down. I tell you guys, it was raining down. And then I knew like, and then once I started turning my mind to a positive, um, thinking again, everything was fine. Everything was shiny and uh, the sun was shining all day long. And yeah, that's, uh, where I am again. And that's my mentality. I'm not a negative person at all. Um, and yeah, I'm just living myself and this is the best thing to do. Yes. Yeah. Well, keep, keep holding that vision because I think, you know, first of all, you've got an incredible resume. Like you have won some races, um, as an age grouper, as a professional, your performance on the big Island is incredible. I hope the right person listens to this and says, Oh my God, this girl is a gem and we got to nab her up before somebody else does. And I think that's all coming for you. Just stay the course, just like you did last Saturday. Just stay the course. I, I think you're an incredible athlete. You've got a beautiful spirit. Um, and you know, you're gonna have challenges, like just because we are able to think positively or we're grateful for what we have or we're able to push through doesn't mean that more challenges aren't coming. They're coming. Um, but stay the course, keep going, because I feel like the sport whether this is a jumping off point for another athletic career, I don't know, but there's something about you and endurance sports that is a beautiful match. 
Yeah, and this the sport gives you back so much. If you're an age grouper, if you if you're a professional or if you if you're whatever if you are whatever, like it gives you back so much. Um and that's why even if I'm in a big hole, it takes me one or two or three days and then I realize, oh, it's the best thing I can do. Yeah. Yeah, it's that positive mindset. And I and I wanna thank you for taking the time to to be here with us. Like I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful or we're so grateful that we were able to watch, you know, breakfast with Bob, which I've been watching, I want to say for 15, 20 years, like everybody else. Um, and I, yeah. and I can sift through the people that come on and, and you're just one that had a beaming light that, uh, we knew we were both were like, I was like, Jess, you got to check this out. You got to see this, <laughs> this person talk, um, just so much energy. And I think that's, that's really just going to continue to shine through for you and those around you. And you're going to gravitate you're going to pull these people into your, your life. Um, they're already there. It's just, it's just that physical that needs to catch up. Um, it's already exists. So just keep going. Like Jess said, you've, you've got so much ahead of you. You've accomplished so much. So celebrate that, but there's so much ahead. Um, so keep the smiles big and bright. Hey, thanks so much. That means the world like seriously, because I, like I, I told you like myself, um, convincement is quite little, <laughs> So if someone tells me that, like, that's huge, that's, I will sleep like a god tonight, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, you should, because you are, you are beautiful light in this world and, uh, good things are coming and just stay the course. And thank you so much. You've had a busy week. You were so sweet. You were like, I'll be in the airport. We can do it there. Like, we can do it at seven o'clock on Friday night after all this travel and getting home. So thank you so much for your generous spirit and for sharing with us. I know our audience is going to absolutely just love your energy and you're going to have so many more followers and supporters and people who are envisioning everything that you need just streaming towards you right now. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah. And of course, uh, I would love if if one or the other will would follow me. And if you don't like my content, um, I'm open for yeah to make it better. So just give me a message in my in my message box, and I really try to improve. Oh, perfect! Where are you most active? Instagram. Yeah, actually, Instagram, and then it goes through to Facebook. Okay, perfect. And what's your handle over there for people that can follow you right now? Oh yeah, it's uh, Svenja and underscore T-H-O-E-S. All right, Svenja, Svenja <laughs> Toes. Thank you so much, Svenny. Yeah, thank it you. It was so great to, uh, to spend this time with you. We're so grateful and I hope you do sleep wonderfully tonight. Thank you guys. It was a huge pleasure.